Welcome to Theatre Voice, a podcast about performance from the V&A. This week, Annie Ryan talks to Abdul Shayek, Artistic Director of Tara Theatre. The company is an absolute stalwart of the British theatre landscape. It was founded in the 1970s by Jatinda Verma, and he ran it right up until 2019. Its mission is to look at the world through a South Asian lens, and it does that brilliantly from its home in Earlsfield. Abdul was previously the founder of FIO, based in Cardiff, which is the only Asian, black and ethnically diverse-led theatre company in Wales. The discussion he has with Anya is really lovely, it's really frank, and it goes into detail about the often pretty thankless slog of being an artistic director, things like writing funding applications through the night. Abdul also talks about his feelings of second album syndrome, how you follow essentially in the footsteps of someone like Jitinder Verma who became so closely identified with Tara. But Abdul's journey into theatre started, as he explains, in a desperate attempt to avoid being a vet. Here's Abdul Shayek. So mid-pandemic in August 2020, you took over the artistic director of Tara Theatre. Um, it was, all things considered, quite a precarious time to start a new role. What were your first few months at Tara like? Well, I guess I spent a bit of time reacquainting myself with with London. And, and, and even though we were in a... Well, actually, it was easier to a certain degree, you know, in terms of connecting with people because I think lots of people had got into a um, especially lots of artistic directors and freelancers had got into a, a real rhythm and, and a real kind of it had opened the space up a bit more so there was a willingness to respond and have conversations and there was a lot of support from a lot of people um, which was really really brilliant um, so yeah, the first couple of months was to kind of get my head around where we were as an organisation, get my head around what was going on the, uh, the, uh, with COVID and then the changing uh, landscape, um, and 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 then start to think about kind of what the immediate response should be from an organisation like Tara. What made you decide to accept the job at Tara? Well, there were two things really. I think um, I, for me. My time in, in Wales had kind of come to an end. I'd achieved what I set out to achieve, which was, you know, when I set up VO, I wanted, I, I'd, I'd always said um, it wasn't, for me, an organisation that was about platforming my work as an artist. It was about sector change and it was about creating a change within a landscape that needed changing. And as soon as I had regular funding in place, then... I wanted to kind of step away and had it not been for COVID, I think we would have, you know, been part of the arts portfolio Wales set of organisations because we'd, you know, done really good work and we were uh, having really positive conversations. Obviously, COVID then came into play. and But even then, uh, you know, I, I, there was still various conversations happening with other trusts and foundations and, and there was one very promising one which then materialised and became regular funding for three years, which meant that uh, an artistic director and executive director's wages could be met from a, a, a regular funding pot, which was always really important to me. And someone who, you know, I wanted that opportunity to go to somebody or a, a pair who might be from global majority backgrounds, heritage. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't both, at least one of those roles should be uh, a global majority person 
So that was one bit of it. I felt like I'd achieved what I needed to in Wales. And then the second bit of my thinking around it was an opportunity to kind of come in and take on an organisation like Tara Theatre, which has had an amazing history. And think through what that next stage of this organisation might be. I think with, again, the changing landscape around the conversation around equity, equality, diversity, you know, with the oldest non-white theatre company in the UK, what could I do to respond to that? And having that brand behind what I wanted to do was was really hard to turn down, really, because, you know, I'm a massive advocate for having an organisation, um, having a sector which is equitable, which is diverse, which does... Which, which is fair and, and, and does give opportunity to a range of different artists. And um, yeah, I felt like taking it, trying to make that happen with Tara back in London, uh, that it was the right time to come back home, you know, and make that happen. So you mentioned Theo, which um, was a company you created. Um, was it hard to leave? There were some challenges around kind of organisational stuff. But from a personal point of view, it was also, I think it was the cha- it was challenging because of personal stuff that was happening at the time in my life. Uh, I lost my mum six months after joining Tara um, and I had been her primary caregiver. Um, moving back to, to, to London, that was kind of one of the things that I did do because I lived with her and I was looking after her. So it was a really challenging time uh, personally. So I don't know, you know, it's a really tricky one. Was it because of leaving an organization or was it because of the circumstances I found myself in personally but there were some you know really difficult challenging things around kind of when you set up an organization and you create it create it from scratch there's a lot of um, overlaps into your personal life because inevitably what people don't see you do when you set an organization up is all the work that takes place in like you know you you don't get paid for it but you do the 18 hour days you do the funding applications through the night you you get you deal with the rejection after rejection after rejection before you get those get the positive reaction and and the um and the successful funding applications and the successful partnerships that you get in place but there's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of um blood, sweat and tears. And, and um, of course, it's not easy to leave that and it's not easy to then hand that over to somebody. Um, but equally, you know, that was always what I set out to do. Um, and there were some, you know, there were some some really interesting um, moments and, and I think I've learned loads from it and, and kind of moved, moved on from that. Um, but yeah, I think it was, and it wasn't, you know, it's, it's really, it's a, like I say, it was a tricky time for me personally, uh, as, as well as obviously having to deal with something professionally. And that kind of, when you think about setting an organisation up, it is a bit of you as well, as much as whatever you want to say, it's, it's really hard for it not to be a bit of you because you do it because you think it's needed and you do it without pay because nobody gave me any money to you know set this organization up i didn't get a regular pot of money from anywhere i, I got some project funding 
which ran out and then I had to raise more money. So in between that first pot of money and the next successful bit of funding, I had to survive and make it work and keep the, the company going. And, and, you know, from, I think, 2015, when we got our first successful grant of £30,000 through to, I think, when, when I left Turnover, I can't remember, was about 300000 or would have been over 300 because we had a production grant for a show that we were going to tour. But there was a lot of hard work in between those years and, and and how we got there but you know it's it's uh yeah there's someone really great there now and the company's yeah. doing really well and I'm really glad for it and I think it's really brilliant so I think it's fair to say that Tara has quite a rich and pioneering history um talk to me a bit about the legacy of Tara you're taking on it's been a catalyst in so many ways for so many things for me um it's about honouring that history and that legacy and making sure uh, we, we, we really understand that and respect that. But equally, during my tenure and then into the future, we want to keep being those, you know, being that pioneering company, really breaking ground and really thinking through what the challenges are for South Asian and global majority artists and exploring and testing and trying uh, to find solutions. And, 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 and in the process of doing that, giving people opportunities, um, in the process of doing that, making the building a real hub and a place for those artists and for that experimentation and for the innovation to come out of it, uh, come out of it. So um, I think, the legacy's there. Um, I, I guess, I've, you know, lots of people have asked if I'm daunted by it or, you know, is there... I, I always thought, you know, maybe I'll have that kind of second album syndrome because uh, I'm the second person running it. And uh, but I've never felt... I haven't really felt that yet. I feel like um, that's not the case. I think being able to rebrand and uh, rethink our position... Which is, you know, interestingly enough, I think the 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 COVID induced hiatus for the sector, um, what what it gave us um, as an organisation was a bit of time to really think about who we are, why we exist, what we want to do. Because yes, that's the legacy and the history, but what where are we now, and what, where is the sector, and how do we respond? Sadly, the sector is still not where we want it to be. I guess for us, it's an opportunity to say things differently mm. and build a brand. And I think what um, my predecessor did and it is, is, is this building, this building, the fact that we have this building and it is ours and we have autonomy in a way that other global majority organization, so many global majority organizations don't because they are forever reliant on white-led organizations to support the work or uh, program the work. And that's been really refreshing because obviously I've come from a touring company, which was exactly in that position, constantly going, we've got these great ideas. Um, you know, will you give us a space to make it happen? We've raised the money. Will you give us a space to make it happen? Whereas 
I don't need to do that now. I mean, of course, I want to do that. I want, and we're having some really great conversations. And we're going to make a really amazing announcement fairly soon, which is going to show you, like, an amazing palette of work, like, of varying scale, size, uh, form. It's going to be really exciting. And that's absolutely through partnerships. But equally, there's something really important about having the autonomy to go... And we can do this on our own as well if we need to. And do you think having a, having a building brings with it a responsibility? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, I think, um, um, you know, it's it's not my building. It's not, it is, it's Tara Theatre, but Tara is a publicly funded subsidised space. So it's the community's building. It's the community that live around us, but it's also the artistic community. Um it's the South Asian artistic community. It's the general artistic community's building. I'm just a steward here, you know. I'm I'm here for a, a custodian. I'm I'm here for a period of time, and then I'm off, and someone else needs to come in here. But this building is here. It's 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 ours. It's yours as much as it is mine, and it's everyone's. And I think that's really important to bear in mind. Like yes, we we have this. We have artistic directors and CEOs of buildings, but we also need to understand that those buildings are publicly funded. And that's really something that we have to take into account when we're thinking about how we program these spaces, but also just how we want other how we want our community to take ownership of these spaces. So I think it's really um yeah, that's that's my view on on having a building. Um, and, you know, it's got to be transparent as well how we do these things. I think that's the other thing we're trying to figure out. How do we make sure we can be transparent and open and fair to people who might want access to this building? Whether it's kind of putting the show on or whether it's the rehearsal rooms. But I think there's something about that that we need to figure out. And, 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 and once we have a better sense of how we do that, We'll obviously let the world know but at the moment we're just trying to figure it out and in all fairness that like, building's been closed so but yeah we've just got head, head around kind of reopening it and putting shows in it so we're learning as much as everyone else Pr- team is pretty much a new team from what, who was here before so i was the third person in the team when you know when i joined because the rest of the team had uh, been made redundant or had left for a variety of reasons. Um, so we've re, you know we've been rebuilding the team from three to now. I think we're about to go up to eleven, and maybe up to oh yeah eleven or twelve. I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> there's uh, there's a there's a fair bit to do, but we're doing it and and we're figuring out how that all works. So we'll let let you guys know, as in <laughs> let the world know. Thanks. <laughs> So as you say, Tara is very community focused. Um, I think you have events like play reading groups, coffee mornings. So is it important to you that Tara becomes a kind of hub for the local community? Yeah, well, look, it's it's in a community. You know, every theatre is in a community. Um, so I, I'd argue that every theatre should be a community and a civic space. You know, if it's if you are if you're a theatre, you're a civic space. If you're subsidised, 
unless you're in the West End, the heart of the West End, if you're subsidising, we get public money, you are, a, you have to, you should be a community space. And it depends how you define the community, you know, define a community. But that, that I would certainly say that that's really important to consider. Um, I think for us, yes, it's about being a community and it's about us being a hub and a space for local people. But equally uh, for artists to come and be part of, you know, events and artist development programs we run here. And then for audiences to come and see really high quality, world class theatre. I, um, I think the community focus is so that we people understand that we are here and we're a community resource. Uh, but we're also a theatre that produces high quality world-class theatre, you know, and the two things don't have to be exclusive to each other. I think they can absolutely and utterly work together. And I think that's the frustration I sometimes get with, or I, I feel with the, with the sector. There's almost this thing of labelling one thing or another and saying, well, if you do this, you can't do that. But I think the two things can absolutely work together and you can produce really great work with young people as, as, and you can produce great work with professionals. And lots of companies are doing that, you know, producing really high quality work with young people, be it 20 Stories High or Company 3 or, you know, there's some really good, good and interesting organization experimenting so there's something really interesting about kind of the the lines you know these lines that delineate in the sector which i'm just keen to get rid of so tara does have a london base but i do think and correct me if you're wrong you're keen to make work that has a national scope and even an international scope um so how does this look practically for you the biggest thing is just really about revitalizing and reinvigorating the Tara touring brand, because that's what the company was known for. That's where its success came from, touring high quality, world class theatre right across the UK and across the world. Um, so it's just, yeah, just kind of going right. We're almost going to have two things happening which absolutely work in conjunction and with, with each other, but also are working differently to each other because the scale of what we want to do on that kind of national level is slightly different to the scale of what we're doing on that kind of local level. And this space here that we have that we call home becomes this kind of a space for experimenting and playing and trusting and trying and a space where things go wrong and failure is embraced so that we can really give artists, especially artists from kind of global majority backgrounds, the opportunity to test and try and not get things right and, and learn from that and, and hopefully innovate from that. And then also, you know, invite really cool and interesting artists to come and make work that's exclusive to this space, that's intimate so that people can get really up close and personal to the work, because that's what this space lends itself to. And then we think about the kind of scale with the touring work we make, because that's the stuff that can go out to bigger spaces and bigger houses that work in partnership with us. But we don't necessarily parachute in and do the, like, you know, land with a show and go, hey, we've arrived, come and see our show. Because that never works, you know. I think there's a lot of work to be done around how we develop a presence in a city, in a region, over a period of time, which 
culminates in a big show. So we we do a lot of in-depth work around audience development, around artist development, around um, communities and young people. And what we do is use the Tara brand, which you, which has this legacy, which has this, which is a famous brand in so many ways, you know, so many people. I think that, that's been really surprising. Like, I, I think I was a bit, I, I mean, I was aware of how important the brand, what the company was, but it slightly caught, caught me off guard how important the mm-hmm. brand and the company was. And, you know, I, 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 yeah, if, if, if you get my meaning, like if you get my drift, it's important, but it's really blown me away like how important because so many south asian artists of a particular generation uh, who are who have gone on to do some really really brilliant things and have come through the ranks come through the doors or have have had engagement and, and with this place which has been really brilliant so using that brand to kind of really reinstigate those conversations across the different communities we want our work to go to so you are a South Asian theatre company, um, but do you hope to make work that extends beyond them? Like, who are you making your work for? We, we look at the world through a South Asian lens. Like, that's that's what we've said, and we're not going to move away from that. But it's a broad South Asian lens. It's an inclusive space, not an exclusive space. You've got to understand that. I grew up in East London. I grew up with people from all walks of life. My lens is extremely broad. You know, I have a daughter who's of dual heritage background. I am um, in a relationship which is dual heritage. Like the, the, my world isn't all South Asian is what I'm saying. Like my world intersects with so many other worlds because my world is made up of being part of the world we live in today, which is, it's not as simple as saying, well, we only work with South Asian artists or we only want, we want to tell those stories because we feel like those stories, the kind of, especially the contemporary stories are not being platformed enough. We're making work and looking at the world through a South Asian lens, but a very broad South Asian lens. If you look at all the work we've done so far, that's, I think that's really clear and, and obvious to see. We've tried to really think about how we connect with a range of different artists. Um, when we did our artist development programme last year, it was extremely radical for so many people where we just randomly picked 10 people to come and take part in a week-long workshop. But that was just... And that was really inclusive in so many ways. You know, we had people who diverse group, we had a really diverse group. Um, yes, majority were South Asian heritage, but we had a, we had people from other um, cultural backgrounds. Um, so yeah, I think that's what we're saying. Um, the company was set up more than 40 years ago now. Do you still feel that Tara is having to fight for the same changes back then? Yep. <laughs> yeah i mean you know the conversation has moved on people are more willing to have i mean especially since covid and black lives matter and 
what we've been through over the last two or three years. But yeah, it's still in that same place. And still, there's a lot of work to be done. But I want that work to happen quick. And uh, I mean, I'm impatient. I'm not willing to wait around for another 40 years to see change happen. So I guess I'm demanding change now. I'm not asking for it. I'm demanding it. Do you think the industry's changed at all since you started out in theatre? It's a tricky one to answer. Yes and no. Uh, yes, it has changed loads, but I've also changed with with time and opportunities. You know, I've had to. I've had my fair share of ups and downs and. Yeah, you know, so I, I don't know. There is also the other part of that, which, yes, this industry has changed. Um, there's more people from global majority backgrounds in the sector. Uh, the conversations are much more open in terms of well-being, work-life balance and mental health and like yeah, so many things uh, we're having much more open and rich conversations about, but equally so many of the things that I wish we weren't talking about, we're still talking about. And that's sad, I guess, you know, in many ways that when we haven't made the progress, I would have really liked to see us make. And where did your love for theatre come from? My love for theatre came from, it was just, it was really random, but, um, well, I really enjoyed drama at school, um, and then theatre became a thing in my life when I was trying to avoid a work placement from school at the Vets. That's why I'm laughing, it's quite a funny story. Um, so I was offered, uh, when you're in year 10, you get... Uh, yeah, you go away for two weeks and uh, uh, work somewhere with an organisation. And um, yeah, my, my initial play, placement was a record shop in North London. And I lived in East London and it was just like, oh my God, that's so far away. <laughs> As a teenager, it just felt like a long way to go. Uh, so I didn't want to do that. So my second placement, the only other placement left was to go to the vets. Uh, the local vets and I was just like that's not my thing it really just isn't my thing um so I was walking around Stratford um the old Stratford not the new uh glistening Westfields and E20 Stratford City bit but the old shopping center trying to get one of the local shops to take me on for a couple of weeks and they just didn't have any space they'd all they were awful. Um, so I remember walking past the Toronto Stratford East, um, which was uh, being renovated at the time. I, I think the big redevelopment was happening with it. And um, walked in there just as, I don't know, what do you guys do in there? Because I've never been to that theatre. I've never been, I don't think at that point, at that point I hadn't been to a theatre uh, to see any work. And so I remember walking in and just, um, and it was um, a group of, contractors who were there and they said look we're just doing the work <laughs> building work you need to go and see the guys who run the space uh, they're in a temporary office down the road and so I went over to the 
to temporary offices and walked up and um, I just said, look, you know, what do you guys do in there? And they said, we tell stories. And that's kind of where it started. And I said, oh, great. I love stories. Can, you know, how do I how do I come and do my work placement here? They said, yeah, we can't have you for the two weeks you're looking for, but come back in the summer and you can work with the youth theatre and, and kind of help us with that and you can have your placement then. So that's what I did. I went back in the summer holidays and um, I did, instead of two weeks, a whole month, I was part of the youth theatre project. I was supporting the stage manager, so doing a bit of assistant stage manager stuff and other stuff just whatever needed doing really it was just so it was really fun I really enjoyed it just really enjoyed being around the other young people who were there and once that came to an end I was invited onto the youth theatre and I yeah I was like yes definitely gonna join um yeah really enjoyed it and 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 that's that's how it all kind of came about and and did you know then that you wanted to be in a position like you are now no <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think look I come from a world where theatre is not a thing you know so for me to be part of the youth theatre was a huge step away into a world that was so different and alien to me um, but really interested, and I just want. I, I never kind of went into the youth theatre and go. One day I want to be an artistic director. I think I always kind of thought, oh, this is interesting. I wonder where it'll take me. Um, but there was a point in my career where I went, mm, I, you know, I I, I want to be an not an artistic director, but I certainly want to be in control of the narratives I'm involved in, and that was after pretty rubbish experience as a well I'd auditioned to be in a show and I didn't get the show and it was a touring show it was a theatre and education thing I was like fairly I think I was 19 or 20 no sorry 21 and I, di I didn't get the job but they then phoned me up and said would you be up for stage managing because uh, we need a stage manager and we see in your CV that you've stage managed before um, so I was like, oh, I needed the money and thought, well, why not? It could be quite fun. Um, so I, I decided to do the job. Um, and it wasn't the greatest experience. And, and, and I remember 7-7 happened during that project. And I just found the whole project and the company just their heart was in a different place you know it wasn't about the work it wasn't about the young people they were connecting with um yeah it wasn't about any of those things and, and so I I realized that point for me um you know I didn't want to be part of and I didn't want to just do a job for the sake of doing a job and needing some cash but I needed to be part of projects that had real meaning and that really connected with with people um and so yeah i was complaining to 
someone who was in uh who was a good, really good friend and, and and you know i've reconnected with recently but i haven't I hadn't been in touch with them for a while and i remember having a bit of a moan over a coffee and they challenged me and said well why don't you do it better yourself that you know what if you're gonna moan about something then then respond to it by doing it and so that's what i did um, i took on the challenge and i set up a company and it was at that point I went, I went, oh, actually, maybe that's what it is. You know, I just need to be sure in order to not work for an organisation like that again, I need to make sure I'm in charge of the narrative and the way that we're doing things, you know, so if it's about telling. And so I was trying to figure out what role allowed me to, to, to do that. And I guess as I moved and understood the industry better, I figured out, I guess, yeah, the artistic director role is normally a good role to allow you to do that. You can and you should set the course for an organisation very much in collaboration with, with the rest of the company and, and the people who are connected to the company, i.e. your audience, your community, your artists. Early on in your career, do you remember any particular people or good advice that you got? <laughs> Lots of good advice. Uh, early on, only yesterday, and you know, I say this, and I'm like, no, because I'm just like super impatient. So I'm saying that patience is really important. It's it's a lie because people give me that advice, but I don't really always listen to it. <laughs> it might be good advice, but it doesn't mean that I listen to it. People do tell me to be patience is so important, but I'm like, no, it's not like. No, like, why should we wait? Why should I have to wait? We've waited long enough. I don't think we can, we can just be patient and wait and wait and wait. But good advice, good advice. One bit of really good advice was, if you're angry about something and you write an email, wait, go to sleep, get up the next morning and read that email before you send it. <laughs> That's a very practical and useful thing. So if you're not happy about something, forget angry, but happy is probably better. But yeah, whatever. if there's an email coming out of a place of frustration, then you should, that's a really useful thing to do because it, it really helps. Um, so, so much of the work that you do and have done has been kind of underpinned by diversity and inclusion in an industry that is overwhelmingly white and privileged. Is producing this work does it ever feel like it's an uphill battle? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, I'm kind of like, have I just got used to it? Mm. You know, have I got used to it? And is that why it, I'm like, oh, no, it's not. But of course it is. <laughs> of course it is, yeah. Because, you know, you go to someone with a project and say, this is the idea I've got. And people will, I guess it's a risk whereas you see some of the other stuff that's been produced and you kind of go but that's a risk so why won't you take the risk on me but you take a risk on them but I guess it's a slightly different kind of or why should my white peers be able to thrive and yet we are expected to survive and I think that narrative and that kind of way of thinking needs to shift we should all thrive together. So what's it been like 
working as a South Asian person at Tara that has South Asian stories at the heart of it? Oh, it's been brilliant. From a personal perspective, it's been really brilliant because, yeah, I've been able to explore some stuff around South Asian identity that I haven't really engaged with personally for throughout my career. So, you know, there's something about that that's really important to me on a very personal basis. Last year with the stuff around 50th anniversary, that was really taking me back to my roots. Um, there's a lot of the, the Amma, which is very much about, um, which is inspired by my mum and her story and being able to do that and present that and platform that. And not just her story, obviously it's inspired, but we then went out and spoke to women her age, women who went through this or had the same journey and then are currently in a position that my mum was in. It's 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 been a real privilege and a joy to be able to make those things happen. I think it's really important because I always have this thing that I say: um, if you're not going to let me sit at the table, it's fine. We'll just create our own table. You know, if the se- theatre sector doesn't start diversifying, then it will just get left behind. You know, there will be spaces and things springing up in other ways. Theatre, I think there's something really important that theatre has to also recognise is if it doesn't start to diversify, it will become outdated and it will become a thing that people don't want to engage with. Um, So it does have to diversify. I'm not hopeful. I know it will diversify because it's not just me. There's other people thinking like me in leadership positions who have diversity and equity and equality at their heart of their thinking and their practice and their leadership and their strategy and all of that stuff. So I think absolutely, I'm not hopeful. I know it will happen. And there's enough people in those spaces who want this to happen. Great, that's my final question. So thank you so much. Thank you. That was Abdul Shayek talking to Anya Ryan. Theatre Voice is an audio archive of conversations about British theatre and there are hundreds more interviews on theatrevoice.com, so have a dig around. The producers are Tim Bano and Helen Gush. Thanks for listening.